we say hello the same each time. We do. Every time. Every single time. Always the same. I mean, at least the first seven times. The first seven times. This is magic number eight. Yeah. So now we've done it the same eight times. Yes. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Pop Goes the Weasels podcast. It is good to be here. It is always good to be here. (laughs) We're recording in a different room of our house tonight, and it feels different. It does feel different. It feels weird. We have it set up to where we're just kind of sitting. I'm on the couch. You're on uh, my chair. Uh Uh-huh. And just kind of having a conversation. Yeah. It feels fitting because uh, this week we uh, did a book. We did do a book. This week uh, we read uh, Walk Two Moons by Sharon Creech. Yes. Thank you for pronouncing your name. Yeah. I mean, I assume that's how you pronounce it. Creech. I was was hoping. I mean, with two E's, I feel like it's a... Decent assumption, but yeah. How else would you have pronounced it? Creek, uh, Creek, or well, Crutch. I was assuming that she was Native American, so I was thinking it was like maybe Creek, like a different spelling of it. Or she's not. I don't believe she. Maybe she is, but I don't think she is. I I did some uh, some research as much as I could do. Oh, I was basing that solely on the main character, the so. content of the book. Yeah. Um. So this was a book that I read over and over as a little kid. Um, I was trying to think of what age I have to think like maybe fourth grade, like fourth and fifth grade, I would guess I was most into this book. I can, I can see that. I mean, it was definitely written for children. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a kid's book. I, and our, our very dear friend Dana, uh, also loved this book. And when I told her that we were doing this for the next episode, she also started to reread it. Um, sadly she could not join us this evening, but, uh, she's very much here. Hey Dana. She's very much here in spirit. Um, and because of us reading this book for the podcast, we are now considering a YA book club. Really? Yeah. Not like Harry Potter, most likely, but like books that we read as kids and loved. Okay. Yeah. That, that you know, we haven't read them all. So basically this podcast, but not do, recorded. Do, do I have to be in the book club? You are not. I don't believe you're invited to be in the book club. Oh, but darn. Yeah. All right. So I take it from that that you did not enjoy this book. No, uh, that is not accurate. Okay. I, I did enjoy the book. However, I am confused about a few things. Okay. And that's because that's my own fault. I started out reading it. <laughs> I downloaded it on uh, iBook on Apple, which is appropriate because we are now on iTunes. Yes. You can now yeah. find us. Uh, maybe that's how you did find us. On, In uh, which case, podcast. we did it. Oh, finally. If not, you can stop looking at our quasi-intentionally retro website, popgoestheweasels.com, which is a popgoestheweasels.com. Yeah, popgoestheweasels.com. Pop yeah. uh, that does still exist, uh, and it's, I guess, slightly more analog, but we are now on iTunes. We are. Um, Thank you for doing that. You're I, welcome. They broke my brain. So we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and coming soon, Spotify. What about Google Play? Um, I Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we, I, we have no idea at this point. Okay, two things. So we are on, on that. Before we dive into this, it was brought up to my attention uh, why we call this Pop Goes the Weasel. So, oh, yeah. We've had some questions on that. So now that it's our eighth episode in, maybe we should explain. Um, we are uh, a married couple. Um, when we were dating, I made some sort of joke Um that I'm a heasel. Nope. No, 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 no. I have a heasel. Nope. It started. What? So our relationship, I would say a big cornerstone of it is trying to make the other one laugh 
obviously, but mm-hmm. oftentimes it's by being really gross. Oh, yeah. Because we're basically children, as evidenced by the content of this podcast. Oh, yeah. And children you... Children who say fuck a lot, and that's why... Children I, who say fuck a lot. Every episode is explicit on right. iTunes. On iTunes, they were nice enough to go through and mark everything <laughs> we do with a big, giant red E. So, yeah. Yeah. Enjoy that. <laughs> um, but... So that's, like, a big part of it. You got up one day with a, a real gleam in your eye. A glint in your eye? I don't know which the expression is. Maybe both. <laughs> and you said, ah, I'm going to, I, I got to go uh, drain my heasel. Ah, uh, that's what it was. Or I got to drain the weasel. Uh, was it heasel or weasel? This story sucks. Okay, this yeah. is exactly how we tell stories in real life. Right. Well, I, okay. Like, well, <laughs> I have a heasel. You have a sheasel. Together we're a weasel. Yeah. So, so uh, I think so, you told that story to your friends. To my friends from college when, when they all first met you at Julie and Dan's wedding a few right. years ago. And maybe I told that story before. Maybe we told it while we were there, but then they all started calling us the weasels. Right. And we were referring to our house as the weasel den. That's right. Because, <laughs> again, we're just trying to be weirdest and most gross. Right. Most so, gross was a game my friends and I played in college of just who could say the most disgusting thing. Maybe it wasn't my friends of college. With some of my friends, we had a game called Most Gross. I mean, in our 30s, we still do that with our friends, so. Exactly right. Oh, yeah. No, it was, Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's why we're Pop Goes the Weasels. Yes. That's exactly right. Because it's like pop culture and we're the weasels. Yeah. But I guess we could have explained that. We could episode have, one. We could have done that maybe. way. Yeah. It I doesn't think matter. It just kind of slipped our minds. Whatever. Maybe we'll like it's, improve on our intros. I don't imagine that we will. I don't see us getting far more professional with this. I but don't see that happening. No. But, uh, but that's okay. We I'm just lean into it, people. Yeah. Uh, so we are on iTunes. Pop Goes the Weasels. Um, if you type in Pop Goes, it pops up. I've done lots of research, lots of, <laughs> lots of testing on that. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe, even if you don't like us that much. We really appreciate those things. Even negative feedback, really. I just want any feedback. Yeah, I'm used to getting negative feedback. I got some real negative feedback from our Airbnb host from Hudson, New York last weekend. Oh, yeah, they hated us. Yeah, well, we hated them. That's it's why we hated them, too. It's fine. Um... The town, though, was, was excellent. The Hudson, New York, is gorgeous. Great time. So we're happy to be back and, and recording back at home in San Francisco with endless sirens and motorcycles. I don't know if the mics are picking them up. But yeah. I didn't really think about that when I suggested we record in the living room. It's um, fine. It's fine. If a motorcycle or a homicide happens, out, it's fine. It's fine. We live in the city. It's, it's, it's city added living. color. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we are also on uh, Instagram as Pop Goes the Weasels Podcast, and you can email us at popgoestheweaselspodcast at gmail.com. So we're readily available. We're always taking suggestions. I feel like this is the longest self-pitch anybody's ever done. Really? In the whole world? Like, possibly. I feel like it was, like, pretty pretty succinct and to the point. Yeah. All right. I mean, we, yeah. I was thinking about it on my bus ride home. Your bu- you took the bus today. I took the bus today. I have lived in this neighborhood. I've lived in San Francisco for 28 of my nearly 32 years. And I've lived in this apartment for almost nine years. And I have taken the bus to or from work now one time. And it was honestly kind of nice. I enjoyed it. I took it with a friend, which made it a lot easier. Thanks, Emily. And it was really <laughs> just because we couldn't get a lift. So... Yeah. But so, I took the bus home, and I was thinking about my, like, intro, and, like, oh, we should probably hit on these things. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe I'll try taking the bus. I took it one time, <laughs> and 
ended up somewhere I don't know. I had no idea where I was at. And you called me very confused. Yeah, I was just I wasn't scared. I was just confused. I wasn't even sure that I was still in the city. You won't you kind of were. Yeah. Well the bus that I took was literally one street just up one hundred hills. Yeah. And as everything you, is. Yeah, and you were still confused by the route. So <laughs> I think it the bus may be a little tough for you. Yeah. Anyway, anyhow, Walk Two Moons by Sharon Creech was the uh, selection this week, and as is our want, you will give the synopsis of it. Is that correct? Yeah, and this is what I was trying to explain a minute ago. I got really confused because I switched between reading it to listening to an audiobook, and the first audiobook that I found was on Podbean, and it was a... I want to say a fourth or a fifth grade class from somewhere in England recording the kids taking turn reading uh, page by page of this book. <laughs> and I'm assuming that they were doing it so they could listen to themselves read to improve their reading because boy, did they need it. <laughs> it was intense. I listened to 17 minutes of children trying to read and pronounce very simple words. And not being able to, but because they were British, their accent still made it sound cool. How did you describe them to me? I think I said dumb little idiots or something. And then you followed up with marble-mouthed little idiots. Marble-mouthed little idiots, yeah. <laughs> Which is so kind, especially as we talk about embarking into parenthood. Yeah, getting out of my system now. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I mean, I do think... I'm surprised you don't have it queued up because... I think the people really deserve to hear what you were listening to. Uh, I I can cue it up later on. Fair enough. Uh, uh, you were the first one. I am the first drink. one to say it, but I don't have a drink. I don't even have water. That's right. Which is a bummer. Yeah. Um, but you got the audiobook, which was what, like four hours? Uh, yeah, it was like five hours and 20-something minutes. Really? God, that feels so long for a 250-page children's book. Yeah, and what was really weird is because the audiobook... Uh, it was broken up into, I think, four chapters. Huh. And so they just went through chapter by chapter by chapter without it being broken up that way. Uh, like it is in the book. Because there's like a million chapters in the book that are all like two pages mm. long. Or So Got trying it. to go back and find what... And oh, I, that's really annoying. And I'd taken notes on it. Yeah. Because it's kind of a confusing book. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. So I'm a little... I think I might have missed something. Uh-huh. It sounds me... like you did, based so... on your questions, which I refused to answer. But how long was the was the marble mouthed little idiot version? Oh, the marble mouthed idiot version was like twenty one something hours. <laughs> which I oh my god, they're so cute. They were so cute, and like I can't believe you made it through seventeen minutes. I made it through eighteen seconds. I was like, I need to stop listening to this. Okay. I mean, I read it though. To be completely fair, the first fifteen minutes I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. It was really the last two minutes of just <laughs> listening to these kids stumble over every little word. It's, yeah. And then, like, reread the same page that somebody else had just read. And then the teacher <laughs> stopping in and saying, nope, 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 read here. But, like, but again, it was, like, all in British accents. And, so it's uh, so charming. Yeah, it was very charming. Oh, man. So, okay, so here's what I think the book was about. Okay. And please feel free to tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like you cheated a little bit by listening to it. And I'm a big fan of audiobooks. Right. But, uh, well, in trying to keep with our schedule, because yeah. when we when I read Babysitter's Club, it took me a while to get through it. <laughs> it did. Which, <laughs> uh, yeah, it took yeah, it took me a while to get through that. Um, but also because I kept trying to hide it because I didn't want people knowing that I was a grown man reading. Yeah, Babysitter's. I Anyways, really get that. 
So this, I, I, I got the book and I started reading the book and actually I didn't hate, I mean, I didn't hate it. So here's what I think it's about. There's this kid, uh, Sal, Salamander is what some, you know. Uh, Salamanca is her name. Yeah. Salamanca, but goes by Sal, who her and her dad leave their farm. Yes. To go to Euclid, Ohio. Correct. Okay, to from Kentucky to Ohio. from Kentucky to Ohio, um, because her mom had left for some reason prior to the start of this book, and they were going to go and see her mom. Along the way, they they go to Euclid, Ohio. Uh, get her grandparents and go on a trip to go see her mom. Uh, but she ends up meeting her a friend named Phoebe who lives in the town in Euclid, who is – I don't know if she was actually just an imaginary friend <laughs> because it seems like her mom had just left too and there was like a, a lunatic or a killer on the loose that wasn't – that was actually her brother that was like in college or something. Like it was weird. Like she had a brother she didn't know about and the mom disappeared. The mom comes back. And we know this because Sal's telling her grandparents this story along this 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 car trip. And her grandparents are awesome. Like, the grandpa's funny and the grandma's funny. Grandma gets a uh, – or has a stroke or something or a heart attack. I think – I think I think a heart attack or something. She goes to the hospital. She dies. Her grandma dies. Uh, Spoiler alert. So, uh, On a 28-year-old book, 24-year-old book. Right. Uh, I don't think my for some reason, her grandfather then thinks the best idea to do is just give the 13-year-old, or she's 12 or 13. 13. Give her the keys to the car so she can finish the trip to go see her mom by herself. And, like, so she does. But, like, this is where I'm confused about. Because I want to know how much of this is imaginary. <laughs> because So what's the deal with her mom? What's what's Her mom's dead. <laughs> and has been dead since the whole thing started, which I kind of clued into a little bit because some of the people she's talking about, there's like, there's some lady that lives there named Mrs. Cadaver. And like, there was a bus crash or a car crash or something. And Mrs. Cadaver was next to her mom. And like the name Cadaver was like a dead giveaway. Uh-huh. But like, I here's the thing that I'm missing. I don't know if this was all imagined or if it's because at the end of the book, like, they move back to their farm, and her friends from Euclid are coming to, like, going to be coming to see her in a few weeks. So, like, it ends on a real downer note, but then it was like, all, oh, but my friends are coming. But are her friends real? Like, <laughs> did she, is she, is she psychotic, is what you, I want to know. You and I read very different books this this time. This is why I had questions for you. I and I, I had so many notes written because of this. Uh-huh. And then something happened where the notes are just gone from my phone. Uh-huh. Um, so let's talk about Phoebe real quick. Do you want to hear the actual story of the book? Yes, (laughs) please. Please let me know what this is. You got a lot right. Okay. Also, this seems like a really heavy book for a kid. I know. And like in, in much the same way that Pixar movies. Yes. Like start or end really terribly, horribly depressing. Totally. Uh, 100% agree. Pixar movies always end well. Uh, You know... I remember this book being really sad. So you got, I would say, 68% right. Only 68? 
I would say maybe a little above that. It is about a little girl, she's 13, named Sal, uh, who is of Native American descent. And her full name is Salamanca Tree Hiddle, which I love the name, by the way. Um, and we know at the beginning that her mom left, and then her dad was so heartbroken that he moved them up to Ohio. Okay. And then she'd been living in Ohio for a while. And, you know, it was, I guess, some number of months. It was probably, like, the next summer that her grandparents come up also from Kentucky from the farm to take her on a trip to trace her mom who left her steps across the country. To walk two moons and her she, her moccasins. Exactly right. Yeah. And then while they're driving, she decides to pass the time by telling them the story of her friend Phoebe Winterbottom, who her grandmother called PB, which I think is just so cute. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, gra- the grandparents were definitely my favorite character. 100% the grandparents of this part. We'll, we'll get to them in a moment. Okay. But... Then she's telling the story, and of course the story of Phoebe, who is real, it is her real friend. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I always read the book. Maybe I didn't read it with enough subtext, but I believe Phoebe is a real person. Uh, And how her mother leaves because she's unappreciated, which therefore makes Sal, like, wonder about her own relationship with her mother and how much, you know, she demonstrated her own love for her mom based on what she's now seeing with her friend's family. Oh, okay. And... Then, of course, you know, there are delightful storytelling elements of um, her having crushes on boys and other friends and stress at school and all the other stuff that you need in a, you know, tween book. Right. And then the grand, so then in real time, the grandmother first gets bitten by a snake, then a few days later has a stroke, and they only have a week to get to this town where her mother sent her last postcard that Sal has from her. Right. And um, she's so worried and she she wants to get there by this date, which is, happens to be her mother's birthday. And uh, they obviously, so she's really stressed about timing. And yeah. so then the grandfather kind of, it does give her the keys to the car to drive 100 miles by herself at age 13 to Lewiston, Ohio, uh, Idaho, which is the, the final place. But like, okay. Here, and then it's so crazy because then she gets there and she, and then she is known the whole time, but we as the reader find out that her mother did die in a bus accident heading to, or like, I guess like right outside of Lewiston, Ohio, or Idaho. Yeah. And yeah. And Mrs. Cadaver, who you mentioned, who you don't know if it's like the dad's girlfriend or like what the deal is, turns out her husband had died separately and she was sitting next to Sal's mother when the bus crashed and she was the only survivor. Yeah. And Phoebe's mother comes back in the story that she's telling. And it turns out that the lunatic who's on the loose is actually the mother's son who she gave up for adoption a million years ago. Right. I always thought it was all like literal, but it is like a kind of, I I read a review of this book that described it as like magical realism for kids. See, that's where I got confused just because I, I kept thinking I kept thinking that there was something, like, there was some subtext to it. And, like, that there was... I kept thinking that she was imagining this and, like, making it up as the story to her grandparents. But then I started to question whether or not her grandparents were real. I mean, which way do you like it more? If it's ah, actually I think did I, happen or I if think, it's all made up? I think I like it more made up because mm. it's kind of like Fight Club, but for but with, like, a little kid and, and, yeah. and, and no fighting. <laughs> no fighting. Yeah. Like, like, is she Tyler Durden? Like I was, 
I was well. I guess then that would make Phoebe Tyler. Durden, that's what I thought. I or thought everyone it, Tyler Durden. Right, but that's, that's what I kept thinking. But then I mean, it was a really, it was actually a really enjoyable book. Yeah, and I liked the story, but there was just elements of it that really confused me. I I, I mean, I guess also because I only read it as a kid, I never. This is why we need Danny here. We need the third person right. to like weigh in on this, right? Because now I just feel like we're both completely crazy. But yeah, it was. I mean, but so overall, you did enjoy reading it. Yeah, I, w- I mean, I don't want to read it again. And yeah. it's not like, I mean, actually, I kind of do. I want to go because now I want to pick up on the things that I apparently missed yeah. or lost. But yeah, I, I, it's not like a favorite, but, but it is, uh, it, it was good. It was, I think it was really interestingly written and like not condescending yeah. feeling like a lot of kids' books, I feel, are. Yeah. So I, was a little nervous to reread this because in, in like rereading babysitters club, I was pretty disappointed. Uh, and this book, I, I legitimately enjoyed reading it as an adult. So you, we were, you were reading it more on the airplane. Yeah. I mean, I read at like 70% of it on a plane ride. Right. So when we were flying back from, from an amazing, uh, wedding, uh, in, in New York, um, you were reading it on the way back. Mm-hmm. I was trying to, but something about the turbulence and trying to read yeah. really n- makes me not feel well. Yeah. I, weirdly, yeah, I don't know. I It was fine. and I Which is weird. Could you get car sick? I know. Like, going down the street. Yeah, I know. I read it, I, and, like, I knew the ending was sad, but I couldn't remember all the specifics of the ending. Like, I knew her mom was dead the whole time. That I knew. And you know what? You knew that the first time, or you no, 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 no. Like in in going back into it, like I remembered it was about this little girl who goes on a trip and tells her grandparents a story to like see her mom, but that her mom's dead the whole time. That I remember. Right. I mean, the whole thing is she's on her way to go to visit the grave of her mother. Right. And she leaves. The mother leaves because she, um, I mean, she didn't even have a miscarriage. She like delivered a stillborn baby and just like couldn't deal. Which right. like which was also a really heavy part of the, the book. whole thing really heavy but I agree with you I think it's not told in a condescending way which just like still as a grown up I read it and it is so like earnest and I think I love the kind of mystery within a mystery of it even though like I knew the one you know that like the mother was dead but it's still just I don't know I think it's like pretty sophisticated storytelling for a book for kids I liked I liked a lot of the elements they brought into it see the reason I thought that the author was Native American is because Sal is and they talk about Native American mythology a lot which I loved but they also talk about like uh, Greek mythology yeah quite a bit too like uh, the whole story of Prometheus and uh, Pandora yeah so yeah I thought it was really good it was really fucking depressing dude reading it on the way back on the plane I was hysterically crying. Yeah. And I felt so bad for the girl sitting next to us who must have thought we were completely crazy because we were screaming about United in the, in the, at the <laughs> gate and then we're sitting there on the plane. Oh, yeah. And United I'm sucks. just sobbing about this book for children. United really fine. should change their uh, slogan to United, why fucking bother? Yeah. Or United, uh, because everything else is both. Anyway, sorry, but it did. But then reading it, it made me want to reread another book of hers that I also loved when I was little called Absolutely Normal Chaos, which isn't actually a prequel, but it's about one of the supporting characters in this book, Mary Lou Finney. Right. And like, and so like, it's kind of same world, same universe, but different stories, which I really like. 
And it's not nearly as good. It's her first book. I then did like major research about Sharon. Not major research. I probably, did, like, I probably did like 12 minutes of research on Sharon Breach. <laughs> um, but she, it, I don't know. The first book is definitely really cute, but it's it feels much more like a kid's book. Whereas like there are elements of this that of course are a kid's book, but it I still found it to be like a legitimately very enjoyable reading experience. And I thought the characters were really nicely developed, especially the grandparents. Yeah. So the grandparents were my favorite. Uh, I really liked them. I thought that they were they were cute, and it was, it was. But seriously, so this was a heavy book. Yeah. Like, as an adult, this was kind of a heavy book. I know. So I can only imagine, like, for how old is it? It came out in the nineties. It right? came out in ninety four. In ninety four. So I was eight. So for nearly thirty years, yeah, this movie has been making children been weep. Yeah. And it then, won the Newbery Medal. I, okay. It, I just know that it was depressing as hell. It's I I I just so liked it. And it oh my I, god! Like, I totally for I thought I was like I feel like the grandmother dies at the end. But then I'm, I'm reading it and I see I have like very few pages left, and I'm like I must be wrong about that because they can't possibly ha- like handle the death of the only other like maternal figure in her life in a few pages, and like they sure did. Yeah, but they. I mean, it wasn't like they like lost over it. It was just no. kind of dead. I mean, she, I mean, it was, uh, Sal, Sal went through a lot. Sal went through a lot. She, she's so self-aware for a little kid and, oh man, I loved it again. I really did. I kind of, see, I kept picturing her as like what she'd be like as an adult, as a mm-hmm. grown-up. And I kept thinking of her as like April from Parks and Rec. Like, mm. like I can see her growing into a, uh, like a gothy kind of death de- obsessed I can see that. Like I don't know. I, again, I, I I liked the book. It was just it, just like you're watching Pixar movies. It, yeah. Like the first five minutes of Up. Oh. It was. But that's. The, but there were several yeah. first five minutes of Up throughout this book. Yeah. And it was like ah shit. And I was sitting at work, like listening to this audio book, sometimes on full blast, sometimes <laughs> with headphones, and <laughs> in your non-private office. Oh yeah, and so they're like I, I, whatever. They're fine. It's a good book. Um, and I kept having to pause it because I was getting legit depressed. Yeah. Did you cry? Uh, I didn't cry, but man, I cried on the inside. Yeah. My, the, my heart was crying yeah. a bit. But then, like, certain elements of it kept reminding me of things um, in my life. Like, my initial, I initially was sucked in immediately because of the whole reference that she makes to some of the boys calling her Salamander. Mm hmm. And I remember telling you the story about... Uh, I think about the story constantly. I, at this point now, after reading this book, I'm not sure if this actually happened in my own life. <laughs> there is, I, the older I get, I'm like, did that actually happen? That can't be real. I think it did. And I'd have to reach out to any of the surviving members of my class that I play football <laughs> with, because a lot of them are not with us anymore. But somebody needs to verify this story. So in... We got back from... So we got there. So we got there. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to my stepdad, John. Um, We got back from playing an away game in high school uh, football. And we showed up in the middle of our parking... Or in the parking lot of the the school when we came back. And it was like maybe midnight, maybe 1 a.m. It was pretty late. And the concrete was really gray under the moonlight... I mean, I'm really trying to set the stage, set the stage here. Um, getting off the bus, there was like this weird kind of shimmering 
And then all of a sudden, the the parking lot, which was completely empty except for the bus, was slithering. And there were thousands of salamanders uh, going across the parking lot to the field. And it, I mean, it... It's so weird. And here's my thing. Like an insane number of salamanders. You, like, you've told me other things, like that you were born with a full set of teeth and hair, like, past your neck. Past my eyes. Uh-huh. And I fact-checked both of those with my mother-in-law, and both are totally incorrect. The the hair was true. The hair was not past your eyes. It was longer. It, like, went slightly onto your neck in the back only. Huh. So I'm just saying, I want, but this, I'm like, die, that one I was really hoping those weren't true. As like, this, oh, maybe I swear to you, I swear to you, I swear to you that they told me that I was born with teeth. Mm-hmm. So I need someone to fact check the salamander story because oh, I as want do it to I. be true so bad. As do I. I want to make sure that I'm not fight clubbing this yeah. or walking to moonsing this. Yeah. <laughs> I would say my biggest one of those is when I was little, and I have fact-checked this, and it all turns out to be dead true, is when I was little, it was, I was at this really unbelievably, like, hippie preschool called Pacific Primary, where the classes weren't, like, K1, K2, or whatever. It was Sandpipers, Gray Whales, Rainbow Dolphins, and Coyotes. That was, like, the name of the classes. Jesus Christ. And you start as a Sandpiper, and you, you graduate as You were born and raised in San Francisco. I know, in the 80s. I know, totally. <laughs> and... And I remember, and we don't need to go in the context of why we were talking about this, but, uh, and this came out several years ago with some friends on a very weird trip to Monterey where we tried to steal a dog and a friend of ours laughed into a man's face in a men's restroom. Like it was a wild, strange trip. I feel like a lot of stories involve, like you tell me, involve you trying to steal dogs. I mean, and do I have one? No, I don't. It's, I've not been successful. Anyway... But so I was telling the story and it felt like a repressed memory. But what I remember is sleeping over at a teacher's house when I was, I believe in gray whales, but it might've been rainbow dolphins. And all I remember was drinking an orange soda, watching the love connection on a white leather couch. And everyone was going, <laughs> at, your teacher's house. at my teacher's house. And everyone's going, no, this, this is incorrect. Or like, whoa, you, you have some shit you got to work out. <laughs> okay. And... Let me just stop you really quick, just for one second. I'm sorry to interrupt, but <laughs> I, I, your mom did tell me this story. My wonderful mother-in-law. Oh, I will get to what my mother says about the story. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure you weren't going to leave. No, out no, this that's my favorite part. Detail. Okay. So everyone's telling me, and for years, like Ali, this cannot be a real memory. Like this just cannot be true because so it was, sounds insane. Because it sounds insane. Like why was I watching Love Connection at a teacher's house by myself at like age four? It's just all so creepy. So then I, call, I was like, fine, you guys, I'm going to double check this right now. I call my mother on speaker and I said, like, I have this weird memory. Did this happen? She goes, yeah, of course it did. I paid for it at an auction. It was a bunch of you kids. You were having a slumber party at Roxy's house, who was our teacher. But were there other kids? There? I have no recollection of other kids, but my mother paid for me to do this. So your mother paid uh-huh. for you, possibly alone. To sleep over at... I'm sure there were other kids and I just don't remember. Now, was it a full sleepover, like, all night? Yes. And then back to school the next day. So it was a week... Okay, in my head, I thought this was a weekend. Yeah, I, which is, like... I don't know if it's weirder than it's if it's a weekend or weeknight. Wait, no, so did the teacher take you to school with her? Yeah, because she lived, like, in the neighborhood. Okay. You're... Okay. 
It's so weird. That would never happen. And like, it wasn't because it was this very like community. Like it was the cute, it was the cutest school in the world, but it just would never, that would never happen today. And for good reason. I know. I know. There are so many good reasons why that shouldn't happen. I know. But I love the two details that I love about this the most are was that you do not have any recollection of other children around and drinking an orange soda on a white leather couch. Watching the love connection. I swear to God, it's watching love connection. That's the weirdest and the most dated part to me. And you're you're like four years old. Yeah. That is so weird. Maybe five. But then again, but then again, years later, you also did go on sleepovers at the embassy suites. That's true. Harkening by the back. Airport. To our first episode. Yeah. I used to wonder why the movie Kindergarten Cop scared you so much. And as you mentioned on previous uh episodes Have I talked about Kindergarten Cop on previous episodes? Yeah, and that you slept under your bed for a year yeah. because you were I was afraid. So scared. No wonder. Honey, your parents paid uh, we're not gonna dive too much but yeah, you had I, are you Sal? No, I hope not. Are you real? I have asked that before. Where I'm like, are you a real person or, or a figment of my imagination? Yeah, am I like you're Harvey? I don't. I've never seen it. Oh, sorry, you've still never seen. No, Harvey. we always talk about watching Harvey, but we've never seen. Harvey it. also is like Fight Club. I am my own Drop Dead Fred, except Drop Dead Fred's real. So I guess you're real. Uh, you're my Drop Dead Fred. That's what it is. So okay, I it's starting to come together now. Why you're why Kindergarten Cop? freaked you out to this day i know we have to watch it for the podcast and like for my own confronting my demons but like i'm legit scared to watch it yeah and i'm sure i'll watch it and be like oh that was it but i'm it's like the opposite of like rereading watch two moons where i'm like yeah oh my god this is the most amazing this is gonna be like i'm gonna be real scared Uh, i'll have a glass of wine for that one so yeah so anyway, repressed <laughs> memories. <laughs> you did bring it back to the book, though. That was good. Yeah, I try. I mean, yeah, I, we're gonna we're gonna you know circle around the book quite a bit on this one. I think. I but, think so too. But it did like that's one cool thing that I that I found myself enjoying was uh, reading and listening to this because it was. I mean, because it's obviously written for children. I started thinking back to the age that I would have been if I were reading this as it just came out. Yeah, like the age that you read it at. Right. And so that brought up all sorts of different childhood memories for me uh-huh. that I haven't thought about in in just years. But the salamanders, I, I had talked to you about that. Yeah. But I started remembering that simply because, you know, Sal. Mm-hmm. But um, And the boys in our class call her Salamander. Yeah. But it's such a cute nickname. Why wouldn't you call her Salamander? Yeah, Salamander. I like that. We call, I call you Alamander sometimes. Sometimes. You've called me Alamander like two times. That's some. <laughs> that is some. It's a couple. Yeah, it's a couple. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so I, I, I'm not convinced that Phoebe was actually real or that her mother or that whole thing going on. I kept thinking that maybe that was just like her way of processing her mother's death, kind of like stepping outside of herself. Yeah. Like having a very elaborate imaginary friend. Look, I'm now doubting myself. And, and I will say on Sharon Creech's website, which I did spend a lot of time on, <laughs> I, a lot. I only spent about 12 minutes like on her site and a few other sites looking at like family photos that she put on her website reading an interview with her. But there is a way to contact her through the website. So we may need to ask her. We might have to reach out to her. I send her a link to our uh, to our podcast episode and Sharon Creech, you are welcome on any future episodes to clarify and answer our questions about Walk to Moons. 
And I will start that episode by thanking you again. I, I honestly love this book so much again. And I think, I really, really think that I, and like, I love like nicknames and pet names. Like, I just think they're funny. Like I never call you Mike. I always call you Bun. Yeah. And, and other dumb nicknames. But I think part of it is because of all the cute nicknames that like specifically the grandparents have for each other and yeah. her, like Gooseberry yeah. and Chickabitty. Yeah. They're just so cute. Like it, and it reminds me of like the names I call our cats and you know, it's just, it's, but I, th- but I wondered, I was reading it and I meant to text Dana this, like, I wonder if part of why I like to do that is because of this book. Like, I think this book had a lot of like impact on me. There was some really, so I, not with my grandmother, but I took a very long, um, cross two state trip. Me, me driving when I was 16 with my great aunt the great aunt uh aunt Kay, who was my grandma golda's sister to go visit uh my aunt eva and uncle jerry and live with them for the summer to be a cashier at this grocery store in the middle of nowhere is that the one you got fired from no you got fired from another grocery store oh no no i got fired from <laughs> yeah oh no that the, was a Quincy. the only job i've ever been fired from was as a cashier at a holiday market in Quincy for being rude to customers. And how long did you work there? Wasn't it like four days? Oh, no. I was like, it was way longer than that. It was like a solid four months. Mm, I think we're going to need to fact check that. Yeah, I, I did not last long, and this was so long ago. This <laughs> when I was 16. I it was I was terrible. But so were my coworkers and my manager. Mm. We were all awful people. I was very, I, when I was like 13, I was like, I want a job. Like, I want to make money. And my dad went to, and he still does, goes to this cafe near their house every single afternoon for an espresso. It's his thing. And uh, if we're out of town, we have to find somewhere that has an espresso because he's he's a man of, a creature of habit. Creature of habit. Yeah. Uh, and so they basically were like, hey, can my daughter work here like a couple hours a day through the summer? And I did, but then I had to go to camp, which they knew about. And when I came back, they kindly told me they had no more need for my services because I couldn't do the cash register because I can't do math. And I you could were, like you make were how old were you? I was like 13. Okay. Yeah. Well, also, could you even legally work? When you Maybe I was 14. I don't know. I think you have to be 16 to work. I, I don't know. This was in the 90s. I don't know. Uh, good point. Uh, just realized and just remembered something. Not only did I get fired from that <laughs> holiday market, my cousin Jeremy also got fired from that same holiday market, but only like maybe three years before this. When ah. It was also like his first job. He got fired from the same place. For so being rude to customers? Uh, Probably not. I, I think he's a I, lot more pleasant than you. He's a lot more pleasant than me, but yeah. he, I think, I, if memory serves, it was because he was selling booze to his friends <laughs> and then going and partying <laughs> afterwards. That, obviously. Which, right on. Of good course. scam. Way to roll. Isn't I, he also the one who helped you scam the, like, penny a CD or audio or uh, Oh, yeah. That, yeah, same guy. He showed me how to. What was that called? Uh, Columbia Music House Columbia Music and House. BMG. And BMG, right. Yeah. Because there was two, so you can scam one, move on to scam the other, <laughs> then go right back. It was a cycle of scam. I had so many CDs. I'm legitimately shocked that you don't run like a like a low level Ponzi scheme at this point. I mean, that seems like a lot of work. Or like those IRS scam phone calls. I can see you doing that. No, I do steal forks from uh, from restaurants from time to time. That's true. I don't know why. 
I like stealing forks. I'm sure the restaurants don't. I mean, they buy the it, whatever. It's they're fine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you're a dirt bag. We're never going to be invited anywhere. <laughs> no, I was a dirt bag when I was a kid. Yeah. Now and you, I'm, as a 39 year old man, steal forks from restaurants. Just sometimes. Mm-hmm. Whenever you can. I, when I remember. <laughs> okay. It depends on how big your purse is that day. If I've got room. I don't want to be your accessory. Well. Mm, you did steal me a napkin because I wanted the fabric so that I could find it and make something with it. Yeah. Yeah. I sold you a napkin. <laughs> You did. You stole me one. I stole you, yeah. I'm like Robin Hood. <laughs> with cutlery. Steal from the nice place that's allowing us to be guests there. And Give to the wife. We're, we're paying for it. Yeah. And we always, we always go over 20% on tips, so I feel like we're entitled to a fork. Okay. All right. Um, I could <laughs> talk to you forever about stealing forks and about the grandparents' relationship in this book. Yeah. They are just the cutest. Oh, there was the one scene I loved where uh, they pulled over because she wanted to, the grandma wanted to put her feet in the lake. Yeah. And so they like, didn't he like, didn't the grandfather like slam across several <laughs> yes. lanes of the freeway or something? Uh-huh. To get, yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, like that. I feel like that's kind of like you would do that for me, except for the swerving across lanes of traffic in that when we're going somewhere, even if I tell you like, oh, we're taking the next exit. You still start saying, oh, geez, okay, all right, oh, geez, oh, go, brother. In my own defense, a lot of the times when you're telling me what exit we should take, it's usually right as we're passing it. But I'd already said it once. You may not have heard it. (laughs) And or we'll have the GPS on in our car. Yeah. So in any event, I feel like you would do something at just as sweet and have many, many times. Of course, I'm fucking adorable. You are adorable, but I don't think you would swerve across six lanes of traffic for me to put my feet in the water. You won't even cross zero lanes of traffic and just get in the exit lane when I want to stop at Home Goods in um, on the way home from Tahoe. Right. Well, it's because uh, Home Goods is like <laughs> it's my charging station, it as is, you call it. Yeah, Home Goods is. I mean, we have so much. Stuff and we're always talking about we need to get rid of stuff, and I so I feel like when we drive by Home Goods, yeah, I mean, I know we're gonna end up with a pillow or something, and they're always awesome. You always pick out really cool stuff, and like it's fun sometimes, sometimes, yeah, I get it, yeah, I understand. It's just a bummer that my favorite Home Goods is so far away, is it though? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I'm not really saying fair enough tonight. I know you got several drinks lined up. I don't. Um, I think my favorite thing about the grandparents, and then we can move on, I guess, is <laughs> that every single night before they go to sleep, they say, like, if they're not at home, they say, this ain't our marriage bed, but it'll do. Yeah. It's so cute. I'm like, tearing up. Oh, they're just so cute. They're so in love. Yeah. No, I really, I, I really enjoyed the grandparents in this. And then they call the friend PB, I think is cute. Yeah. And that they're so into this kid's story and like, I tell stories like this, and I'm 31. Imagine a 13-year-old, like, telling this one fucking story for 800 days. Yeah. God, it's so adorable. So on the story, though, I still want to... So the grandparents were real, right? I think everyone was real. (laughs) But, like, did they... Did he really give her keys to drive 100 miles? Like, a 13-year-old? I really object to that. There are a couple things I definitely objected to. That was the main one, like... Because that seems like the kind of thing a kid would make up. I totally agree. So you yeah. see my confusion. I really object to that part 
because it's also so un not only is it crazy and irresponsible, it's extra crazy since the mother died in a car accident on that same fucking road. Exactly. That like, w- that's fucked up. Yeah. That's really rubbing salt in the wound. Right. And so with all the different, like, all the different, I guess, levels of, I, I don't know if foreshadowing is the right word, like, hints. Like, the, the... Yeah. Like, I just felt like, yeah, giving a 13-year-old the keys to a car to drive by herself to go visit the grave of her mother who died in a car accident. Not great. Not super responsible. Right. Pretty fucked up. And one, a child who might be schizophrenic. Because she's talking to, maybe she's hearing boy, maybe. But again, I never read it that way. But like, I, I any 13 year old can never be driving a car. That's like the hard and fast rule of the world. Unless they work on a farm. There's some sort of exception. Well, and that's the, she did live on a farm, so she learned to drive at 11, but I don't care. Right. You don't drive on a mountain road alone at night on the highway where your mother died. Sorry. Right. I'm good. I'll pass on that. So, like, I could have done without that. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, yeah, I if those events really happened, that's terrible guardianship of a child. Terrible. If they are part of her imaginary story then, yeah, it makes sense. Right. You know, but that's the thing I kept, that was, that was the problem that I had is I need, I should have started and finished with one medium rather than listening to those Marvel mouth little bastards, (laughs) like just Uh, trip their way through the first maybe five, six pages of this book (laughs) in the course of 17 minutes before switching over, uh, to, to, uh, the audio book on audible. Which I got to remember to cancel again because I joined again to get the free down, the free trial just so I could. Which is also crazy because you would have finished it if you'd sat down and just read it in two hours. Totally understood. <laughs> Looking back, I fully admit that you are 100% right. That you'd already downloaded. Oh, boy. Yeah. But you know what? That's not a thread I need to pull. No, and I was eager to finish this story. Yeah. Um, yeah, it uh, – the book, I, I again, I didn't hate it at all. I liked it and I enjoyed elements of it. I just wish that I would fully know whether or not um, certain elements were were her imagination. We're just going to have to reach out to her. Because I kept thinking, like, this is very Fight clubby, is what I kept thinking. And I totally didn't think about that. But maybe I'm dead wrong. Maybe I read it as a marble mouth little idiot. I have no <laughs> idea. It's hard for me to say. So would you say, though, that of my choices, which have been real stinkers of Clifford the Babysitter's Club, Trading Mom. Oh, that's that's it. Yeah. Um, is this your favorite of my choices so far? Ooh, it's right up there. Um, yeah, you know, and actually... I gotta say, I have thought, not at great length, but I've thought a bit about Clifford. <laughs> and maybe I wasn't completely fair to Clifford. But Do you want to watch it again? No. <laughs> Never. No, I'm good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I would say this is actually one of my favorite of your picks so far. Okay. But I mean, I, again, I don't feel like I have a good track record thus far, but I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling real good. Um, about my next choice, which we'll get, we'll get to soon. Uh, but I had a couple things that I did take, that I did find in my research. 
first of all, uh, Sharon Creech is from Euclid, Ohio. Oh, okay. And she based the character of Mary Lou Finney and her family on, like, Sharon Creech's family growing up. And I think it was her cousins lived on a farm in Kentucky that she based Sal's farm on. Okay. Guess what the name of the town in Kentucky actually was? Quincy. Really? Yeah. How about that? Hey. That's it. There's a Quincy in every state. A couple other things that I found out. Well, one, I did want to point out, we talked about Phoebe maybe not being real, but Phoebe sucks. I don't even want to give her airtime because she is terrible. She's a terrible child. She's super rude. They, she, they go to dinner at the, the, their friend Mary Lou's house, and she's such a bitch about mm-hmm. like every single thing they serve, and she ends up eating a bowl of dry muesli. Right. She's horrible. Again, kind her. of sounds like traits that a kid would make up as an imaginary friend. True. I honestly might be, I might have read this as a total simpleton. And now I'm going to ask Dana's thoughts as soon as we end. Phoebe's muesli was basically Tyler Durden's soap. Yeah. I'm I'm saying, I think that there are maybe. All right. We're going to have to reach out to Sharon and ask her. Um, another thing, guess what the publication date was? I said it was 1994. Guess what date? Uh, December 4th. No, the other one. My birthday. May 19th. May 19th. Nice. (laughs) So I thought that was cute. And then, so I was like, when I'm doing my Googling to do a little bit of research on this book, I thought I came across like information about a sequel. I'm still a little unclear on what fan fiction is, but I think I found some and then I got really creeped out and it wasn't like creepy. I just felt like I don't need to be on this website and got off real fast and there will not be a sequel to it. I've made some real unfortunate dark turns yeah. into fan fiction. Mm, I, well, I can see that with you. Well, no, like uh, unintentionally reading something that ended up being scarring mm. and horrible. Recently with Highlander. Oh. So the last episode we did was Highlander. I then started remembering how much I loved Highlander. Yeah, you can't get enough of Highlander. Can't get enough of Highlander. Turns out I reached my limit. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to hear about it. I, Should we talk about it now, or is this something you're going to tell me later? Uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll let everybody in on this. So I was searching for uh, the the novelization of, of Highlander uh, because apparently they go into a lot more backstory about the the Kurgan's like origins in it, and you know I just thought it would you know, be cool to read. Um, is that that unbelievably highbrow book that's sitting on the couch right now? No, I'll tell you oh what, that. No. Oh no, that was the graphic novel. Uh, so I got the graphic novel to read on the plane. Oh my God, you're the, the graphic. The graphic novel was awesome. It was called Ameri- Highlander: American Dreams. Um, <laughs> and uh, it now was, I come to the real story of why you weren't reading Walk Two Moons on the plane, my friend. It, graphic. It was a lot easier to read. Mm. Anyhow, uh, so I started reading. This web page looking for the novelization of the book, which, by the way, you can find for like fifty to two hundred dollars. It's like apparently a collector's item. The novelization? Yeah, you cannot find it. You're always talking to me about collectible prices. I feel. Yeah. Well, yeah. I yeah. Is that because of that trunk? That where is that trunk of your toys? Don't worry about it. Oh no. My treasures. <laughs> your treasures. I come home. So. We went to go visit uh, our cousins, Mike's cousins, and now I get to call them our because we're married, uh, Rob and April up in Quincy, and Rob was like, Mikey, I have this box of your shit that has been around since your parents moved to Arizona that has just been going house to house with me. Please take it. 
So then we opened it there, and there was all sorts of weird stuff in there. But it was mostly just, like, really fucked up old pictures, like, school (laughs) pictures of you. Right. Like, just dozens, like, those, like, sheet ones, but they were all bent. Yeah. They were so cute, though. I kept those for sure. And then a bunch of toys from the 70s and 80s. Uh, Yeah. 70s and 80s, yeah. And then you're like, oh, I'll go through this, and I'm going to figure out what I'm going to sell and what I'm going to keep. And then I come home a few weeks later, because it went immediately into our storage room, a few weeks later, and you're sitting on the ground, <laughs> literally like a child playing with toys, and there was a huge pile, and then there was a, a literally two things sitting in somewhere kind of near it. I was like, so which one are you selling? And yeah. you point to the two items on the ground, both of which were broken toys. Yeah. And then you're like, nah, I can't get rid of this either. Yeah. Since then, I have not seen... Hide nor hair. Actually, no, we have some of the robots out on one of our bookshelves. Oh, yeah. But there's some really cool stuff in there. But so you're always talking to me about collectible prices. And I, okay. but I know that it's not for actual research because those are, as you just called them, your treasures. They are my treasures. Uh, get Before I get back to the, the horrific fan fiction I found, um, I will say that I recently found out that Garbage Bale Kids, like the full set, and I had all, I, I, I had binders full of these. My mom got rid of them at a yard sale, probably for like 25 cents. Uh-huh. Uh, those sets are now going for thousands of dollars, as is my original Castle Skull from uh, He-Man, which my mom also sold for a dollar at a yard sale in the early 90s. You know why I don't care? Because you wouldn't sell them. No, I wouldn't sell them. So who cares? Who cares what they would go for when you just want to hold on to them and hoard them? Like, uh, like, like Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, I, if I could Scrooge McDuck and do my pile of, you would lose it so fast. Oh yeah, yeah, it would be, it would be a bloodbath. It would be a bloodbath um, because all the toys from back then are very sharp and pointy. Very sharp. Yeah, which I didn't realize when I was younger, but man, there that is a box full of tetanus waiting to happen in there. Yeah, and choking, so many choking hazards. So, okay, you brought up choking hazards, which bring me full circle back into this. This I needed eye bleach after reading uh, oh, right. one page of this. Some horrible person wrote fan fiction, uh, Highlander fan fiction, that started out really normal for like the first couple of page scroll downs on the screen. Uh huh. Then it turned into uh, a highland, like a immortal sex scene where during they were having violent consensual violent sex while choking each other to death only to come back alive because they're mortal. And yeah. And so I got about a good solid three paragraphs into that. And then into the sex scene. Yeah. And then I closed out my browser and wanted to burn my laptop. (laughs) Was this your home laptop or your work computer? This was my home laptop. Thank God. Good, good move. But smart call. There are some people out there that, uh, Tried to ruin the purity of my childhood memories of of Highlander. <laughs> this was just like some girl who wrote really poorly and was like imagining what a sequel would look like. Maybe she was a Marvel enough little idiot. I have no idea. But I could I like read about three sentences and then I saw at the end it was like, tell me what I should write about next. And I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> you keep it. Well, there is a sequel to this. It's called Fight Club. Okay. All right. We're I I need we need to go straight to the source. We really do. We need to reach out to her. Um, 
yeah, we just need to reach out to her. But it all in all, it was a good book. Like I enjoyed the sixty eight percent of the retention that I apparently <laughs> got from it. Um, maybe you got a hundred. Maybe I only got sixty eight. I'm really curious now because I want to know if I want to know if the little girl was making up this am- amazing story. If she was making it up, like yeah. her imagination to deal with the trauma, the trauma of her life, but. I also need to find out if my salamander uh, story, my mm-hmm. salamander memory is accurate. Uh, and also, yeah, we need. I need to find out uh, more pricing on my treasures because I kind of want to go play with my, my uh, Robotech and Star Wars and Teenage Ninja Turtle. I mean, not play with them. Don't look at me like that. You know what I mean. Just admire your treasures. Yeah. That are all in... What's the opposite of mint condition? Trash? Trash condition? Many of them are in uh, fair to okay condition. (laughs) Is that the official terminology? (laughs) I don't think you really want to pull up this thread right now. (laughs) Collectible prices. Yeah, collectible. My treasures. You... It's at least twice a week that you talk to me about prices of collectibles. That is inaccurate. Okay. I'm going to start tracking it. (sighs) (laughs) Anyhow. It's like fair enough. Okay, my final take on this book is it is it's a good book. Like I would like to like uh, when we have kids, I, I think this this would be a book that they read under some sort of supervision. Like if they have questions to come to, like because it's a heavy book. Yeah, this is it's yeah it's it's a heavy book. I look back and I mean, but it's every you know Disney movies. It's every like the parents die in like ninety percent of children's stories. I feel. Parents and grandparents. And grandparents. But, yeah, I definitely... And I remember it being really sad. But I don't... It's, it was real heart-wrenching. But to be TBD on whether or not uh, many of the characters are made up. Okay, yeah. They, uh, I don't know. I and if anyone's read the book, I, we're now extremely curious with your opinions. Yeah, so let us know. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about your next choice for me? Uh, my next choice for you is, uh, it, again, I, I was waffling between this next one. It was either going to be Goonies or Karate Kid, but because the, uh, new Karate Kid series is coming out on YouTube, I felt that we should go with Karate Kid and I cannot wait to get your opinions on, on Karate Kid. I, I knew this day would come. <laughs> I knew this day would come. So that's what we will be uh, dissecting the next time. I will not go into any more self-promotion because I apparently gave the longest spiel in the world, but <laughs> we're on social media and iTunes. Yeah. So uh, until next time. Bye.